0: The Money Podcast with your hosts Justin Harrison and David Bester. Money, 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 money. Let's talk about
1: money.
2: Today, we welcome a boxing legend to the show. A man who did South Africa proud and has been a source of inspiration for many. Brian Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Podcast. Thank you, Justin. So Brian, I wanna ask you a very personal question to start off with. You've had an interesting career. Been chatting a little bit before we started the recording. And I think a lot of people see Brian Mitchell, the boxer. They see the hardships you've been through to get to the top. People remember your fight all the way to the top. It's been a long road for you. To somebody who doesn't know you, how would you sum up your career so far? And more importantly, what has been the single biggest lesson that you've learned?
1: Well, summing up my career is basically it's it's hard work. You know, I'm a jeppy boy. I didn't know I was going to be a world champion. You know, a lot of people brag and say, or the parents say, "My knew my child was going to be a world champion. I was an amateur boxing champion. I was a defense force boxing champion. But I didn't know I was going to be a world champion. When I came out to the army, I knew that you got to commit yourself 100%. I got to, so I gave everything to boxing. The dedication, the discipline, and the determination is the, the three D's that I live by. And I was a naughty boy as well. I mean, I come from a naughty background. I come from Malvern. I was a street fighter. I was drinking in my teens. But I decided at the age of 90 when I came out to army, that's it, boy. You want to make it in life? And I had nothing. I had zero. My mom was living in Durban. My mom needed 200 rand. i just come out to army. I sent her my last 200 rand, and I had nothing. And I realized, this is it. You've got to put everything on the line. And I became a professional boxer and, and I, I needed it. But I was dedicated to the sport. Mm. And, you know, that's that was the main thing that that got me through to become a world champion.
0: So That's actually very, very inspiring because that actually leads exactly to my next question that I wanted to ask you. So you mentioned now the 200 rand that you sent to your mother. Was there a defining moment, like a single moment where you had decided, I want to change this. I want to focus on, on having money. I want money in my world in my life was there a single moment that that was the deciding factor for you
1: yeah davi well you know i think it started with me growing up where my mom taught me to to save and to look after money which was a good thing you know most young sisters are so spoiled and that they just blow money but i mean it's different you know we can't all live in the past but i mean when i grew up in the 70s and 80s I saved money. My mom would give me pocket money and I would save it. So when my mom needed money, and I had a little bit of money when I came out of the army, I I gave it to her. But I've always been quite good with money. I've always been quite good at saving money and putting away. And I've always wanted to own my own house that desperately, that is my big thing in life. And I bought my first house when I was 21 years old in Primrose, Johannesburg for 50,000 rand in 1981. (laughs) Didn't have the cash. I put 5,000 rand down and I paid it off. But... I was always quite good at saving money and maybe that is one of the defining moments when my mom needed money and i realized we all need to save and and put up put money away but that's when i also realized that i needed to i needed something in my life like like boxing that's yeah. all i knew i mean i can't sing i can't dance uh, well, well i probably i probably can someone I, yeah. Some I, I can in the shower yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so so you must have known from the street fights so you were pretty good at boxing eh?
1: <laughs> yeah i think i could hold my own yeah you know my, my dad was a south african boxing champion in 1962 when i was a year old so when i was born i was already introduced to a boxing gym and um yeah i grew up in in malvern which is a tough area you got to fight your way through life in Malvern to, to survive, you know. And I could fight. Yeah. The, the funny story is uh, when I got to stand at six, as, as they used to call it, which is what now, grade eight. Grade eight, You've yeah. You've got, got to think about deducting two. <laughs> so anyway, but we'll talk my language. Stand at six at JP Boys. I got there and I was already a South African champion and I was only 13 years old, an amateur boxing champion, but I wasn't the well-known Brian Mitchell. And, uh, you know, boys always look for each other, especially – first days in high school and I drilled a lot of the big oaks. (laughs) But the oaks couldn't realize how, how this small oak can fight. But obviously, that was the secret. I was already an amateur boxing champion, which they didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I could fight as a youngster, fortunately. <laughs>
2: so now I'm interested to know, we're going to come back to the money discussion a little bit. Because I think that's, you know, we we often talk about how money represents a value system for a lot of people. And I think people often get wealth wrong. People talk about, you know, the flashy cars, the big house. But often, you know, you go back to the 200 rand discussion with your mom. Being able to do those sorts of things is often what really counts. It's, it's being able to help people. It's being able to afford dignity. It's the things that money buys that people don't see that I think is important. So we look back on people's money journeys, and we've been asking a lot of captains of industry this question, and it's sometimes a bit uncomfortable for people to have this introspection. But if you look back on your life now, and you had to choose one moment that was a really Bad decision that you made with money, the worst decision you've ever made. What was it? Marriage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what you did mean, you mean? Besides from marriage. marriage. no, no, no I'm joking. <laughs> joking that, it's not a joke I'm, I'm joking. Joke that. But I, no, as as well. most men will like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, no, I'm joking. I have been divorced twice, but I had two good wives and um, it wasn't their fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, worst decision I ever made would be wine, woman, and song. yeah, just Wine, woman, uh, and song. I love it. Just being a George Best after I retired, you know. So I'd made a lot of money out of boxing, which was unfair to my first wife. I was 30 years old. I was a Mm. multimillionaire. I had everything, you know, fancy sports cars and houses all over the world. And I had lots of money. And I was just uh, jolling it up and overspending, you know. I was, i've never been a massive drinker or joller but i am um, i went on a lot of overseas trips and i bought fancy sports cars and those are bad investments so
2: is there something that you can take from that is there something later in life you look back and you learn from that process yeah you know in
1: hindsight i was good buying properties but in hindsight i wouldn't have spent some so much money on cars i would say you know and, and i still love my cars as you can see i got a bmw in the driveway yeah. but um a car is not an investment, obviously. It's just it's just something that you really enjoy. I think guys, to put it in a nutshell, if you've got a million Rand, for example, mm. don't go buy a car for five hundred thousand. Mm. You know, buy buy a house for eight hundred thousand and a car for two hundred thousand. And I think that's where It's easy come, easy go for a lot of ex-sportsmen and Mm. fighters specifically. I can only talk for boxers. A lot of the ex-professional world champions have got nothing. Mm. But when they made a couple of million, they bought fancy cars, and you know those fancy cars become cheap eventually and not a good investment. So... I'd say my worst investments were invest- buying, not investing, buying fancy sports cars.
2: Well, Davi, That's- this is why we were so excited to do this interview, because I think it resonates with what is happening in this country at the moment, and it's something we talk very openly about. There is a group of people in this country who, for the first time, have access to finance, have access to money, have access to careers, and they're squandering the opportunity, and we see it, and we're trying to correct that before it's too late. We see people wearing their wealth, and I say wealth on, in air quotes, on a wristwatch. We see it in cars. And we're trying to explain to people that these are depreciating assets. Mm. These are things that are not going to add to your wealth. Your friends might think that you've got wealth because of it, but they're not adding to your wealth over the long term. And I I have made the mistake. So I resonate deeply with what you've said. When I made my first amount of money, the first thing I did is I ran out and I bought a sports car. And it's taken me a long time to discover that that's actually a big mistake. And so now, exactly like you've spoken about, when you make money, it's important to put it into assets that are going to appreciate assets that are going to serve you because ultimately money is a tool that you need to put to work for you and i think That's there's right. a population here and a generation coming through that needs to hear this message because especially the emerging middle class in this country you have access to money
1: you have access to jobs the banks are at your disposal don't stuff it up it's yeah you know, it's easier said though because when when you come into money the first thing you want to do is buy a fancy <laughs> cars, <isn't> it? <laughs> But, yeah, absolutely. In hindsight now, I wouldn't have bought so many fancy sports cars and and gone on such lavish overseas holidays, you know. I would have put the money more in into property or mm. into investment portfolios, you know.
0: It's so funny, you were, you were telling us a story and the whole time you're telling us a story, I'm looking at this photo of you and Mike Tyson at the back there, <laughs> thinking to myself like, no, Brian, you actually could have done worse, you know, like buying tigers and that, that kind of
1: stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, Mike Tyson's actually doing quite well for himself yeah. now financially. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he's he's a good and a bad story. I mean, he made $300 million in yeah. career boxing yeah. and he spent it, he just blew it. Well, he blew about 200 million of it and the other 100 million he owed the receiver because so, he didn't pay tax either while he was earning all, the, all those millions so i think he's done worse than i have here i've done pretty okay with investing in properties and but you know in hindsight we're all clever i would have kept more of my properties if i had my life over again for sure okay
0: so i want to ask you then you talked about the the fancy sport cars but you also mentioned that you've always been pretty good with money and pretty good with saving what is the best financial decision you have made up
1: to today? I think buying, putting money into property for me has worked. I know people play on the stock market and investments obviously go into investment portfolios. They, they try different things and different things work for different people. But for me, property has always got to be the best of it. But you've got to buy in the right area, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. So you, you can buy wrong in property as well. And, you know, today I give my professional fighters advice on that. And I say that when you do come into some money, Put it into property. I would hide so it from yourself. <laughs> you hide it from yourself. yeah don't go buy fancy car go on holiday but i mean it's it's your money so you've got to also enjoy life of course money money is a strange thing eh?
2: yeah you know we we often talk about the importance of using money to also live because you know the other thing is, you can't just be a person who just saves 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 and invests and you don't live your life because what's the purpose of that as well yeah there has to be this balance because in anything if this pendulum swings too far the one way it's going to swing back the other way so you know Always talk about the importance of using money as a tool to enjoy life,
1: but you also have to set
2: money aside.
1: There's a work, word called moderation. Which none of us actually use properly in life. Well very few of us put it that way. So moderation is the key word on the planet. Whether it's money, whether it's food, whether it's alcohol, whether it's anything on the planet. If you can be moderate, then you're fine. Mm. So if you can spend money moderately, if you can drink moderately, if you can eat moderately, then you're gonna be fine. But generally who does that? And marry moderately. (laughs) Marry moderately. (laughs) (laughs) Bas bas sports cars moderately. Go moderately on overseas holidays. Yeah, so It's easier said than done eh? but uh yeah i think moderation is a key word and yeah to to save if you you can yeah but i mean life's very expensive today so it's very hard for people to save and put money away but if you can if you're a youngster think about what's going to happen in 10 years time what's the cost of living going to be in 10 what's the price of petrol going to be in 10 years time and diesel so we don't think about 10 years time you know we all think we're going to live forever and our money is going to last forever so you need to look after your money
2: so, Brian, tell me now, I want to get deep into your heart. I want to get deep into your mind. When the quiet of the night falls, when the brown stuff is all around you, when things are going bad, what motivates you? What inspires you?
1: What motivates me that you. the sun's going to come up in the morning when you wake up and you're breathing and you... You know, just just to be alive is is beautiful. <laughs> just to wake up in the morning. Obviously, your health is important. Fortunately, I am still quite healthy for 61 years old. But yeah, to wake up in the morning, and be alive is is fantastic. I think that's that's very important.
2: As you're saying that, I've I've got goosies here Thanks. because it's the exact answer. Every yeah. single major person we have interviewed has given us really
1: the exact answer okay fantastic well we live and we live on a beautiful planet you can never get tired of this planet and just our own country we live in South Africa I mean I was in the Drakensberg the other day for a golf day and it was just absolutely mind-boggling to think that that we live in this country that is so beautiful and then we live on this planet that's so beautiful so why wake up and be depressed you know the biggest asset in this country I truly believe is the people yeah, we got fantastic people. We really do. Well, I've emigrated twice, so just as you know as well, and I've come back. So, I mean, how many people have emigrated to America twice and come back to South Africa? I've listened to all the sub-stories over there of all the South Africans living there. They're obviously knocking everything in the country because it suits them. And I thought, no, I love this country. I love the people that are here and this is where I'm going to stay.
2: Brian, you look like a man who likes to learn things the hard way. You seem to do things in twos. Two marriages,
1: immigrant <laughs> <twice>. <laughs> And I'm, I'm busy on my third marriage as <laughs> well. And there's not a chance myself and Charlene are getting married. So. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. After all, after all the divorce talk, um, I'm actually getting married soon to, to my beautiful fiance, Charlene. Beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you.
0: So Brian, I'm looking around here in this office, we're obviously sitting with you in your office and there's a lot of memorabilia here, a lot of famous people you have met and you have interacted with. In your observation and your journey with other people, what would you say is the single best skill set you can learn in order to get financial wealth?
1: My first answer was going to be, you need to be humble, whether you're a celebrity or not, because you're just a normal person like everybody else. you were just good at whatever you did, in my case, boxing. And... You must have manners, you must be kind. But financially, yeah, that's it's a tough one because you need to get people to look after you. And in my time, I didn't, which uh, I thought it was a big deal when I was world champion and making money. I was making my own investments. That's one of the, I think this helps your question. One of the things I did wrong is I did my own thing. I thought it was a big deal. I had millions and I just bought whatever I wanted to every time share. And, and uh, half the stuff I bought went pear-shaped. Say so you need a good financial advisor, you need a good accountant, you need a good lawyer. Those are people that study to do what they do. Like I can teach well, yes. you to box, but I don't know anything about accounting. Or to about, stay to what you or, know. <laughs> financial game. So yeah, you need good people in life to, and you got to pay for that. Obviously you got to pay for that mm. without being ripped off. Mm. You need good people to look after you on this planet. We're all there. We're a team. We're all a team. We should all help each other on this planet.
0: No, of course i mean everyone has different skill sets you know everyone can't be great at everything
1: yeah exactly no we everybody should should help each other with you know i should take off the good things you know and the positive things you know that you can teach me from the financial side i must uh, be humble and prepared to learn from that and invest from that kind of thing yeah so i would say definitely be humble whether you're celebrity or not and, and got money and take advice from people don't be scared to take advice
2: It's interesting you talk about uh, teamwork and I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that coming from somebody who excelled at an individual sport, but I don't think many people realize in anything in life, it takes a team to be successful at anything, whether it's business, boxing,
1: it takes a team, right? No, absolutely. Well, I mean, I've just been watching Roger Federer's retirement. Absolutely amazing. I love Roger Federer. I think we can claim him as one of us because his mother was South African. One of the greatest tennis players to ever live, if not the greatest, and one of the greatest sportsmen ever. And he's so humble and so kind and cries so easily and so emotional, and I love that, you know. And I think that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. The, you need to be humble, and a guy like Roger Federer is humble.
2: Wears his heart on his sleeve, and I I love that.
1: He thanked his wife for everything. He said she kept him going. You yep. know, she's an ex tennis player as yes. well. And yeah, it's teamwork. You know, your your partner. I've got Charlene that she runs my whole life. Okay. Yes, she, she really does. And it's teamwork. And when I was a boxer, I had Harold Forbracht as my trainer and yep. Rodney Berman as my promoter. Your team. You almost you must always know your your side in life, you know, and, and there's levels in life. So I was a good mm. boxer. Mm. Rodney Berman's a good promoter. Adolf Fobrack was a good trainer. Yep. You know, your partner looks after you from a different different department. And that's what you need. You need that teamwork. You need people, people to help you to become great. Yep. You don't become great on your own. On your own, for sure. And some people do get arrogant after they become great, but they forget okay? we, uh, them. That, that people help them get there
2: obviously this is a very interesting question and i think success obviously does a lot of things it exposes certain parts of your life you might never have seen otherwise and especially the journey on the way up how has your success and sometimes hardships challenged some of the relationships around you your friendships your family have there been any specific struggles around money specifically and is there any lessons there that you could pass on to people
1: yeah, you know, it's a tough one because everybody's life is different. But, you know, for me specifically, like I said, it's when I made a lot of money, I thought it was a big deal. And I don't think you should. I think you should stay humble. You know, when I was 30 years old and I was on the jaw and I got divorced the first time, I should have looked in the mirror and said, you know, that this didn't just happen overnight. Somebody helped you get there. And you need to be humble about it, you know. Mm. You need to look after your, your finances, of course. As much as I made a lot of money and I did very well in boxing, I lost a lot of money. Jeez, mm. if I look in, in hindsight, I can punch myself in the face and think, <laughs> what an idiot you were! Jeez, I had properties all over the world, and today I've, I've got it. I've got this property, but uh, so I I was good at buying properties, but then I was then I started selling them quickly because I wasn't fighting. And when you're not fighting, and you need, the, you're living mm. the same lifestyle. You know, you, you start needing big money and you start mm. spending. And then I started selling houses, my own houses. And in hindsight, it was just dumb. I shouldn't have julled so much. I shouldn't have spent so much money. I should have looked after my properties and my investments.
2: Funny, we talk about a thing called lifestyle creep. And I think you'll probably relate to this. As you start earning more, your lifestyle creeps up according to your income. Yeah. And uh, we talk about how important it is to make sure you don't fall victim to lifestyle creep. And I think there's such wisdom in people who are able to maintain a certain lifestyle below what their income continues to rise by. And I think there's a lot of
1: emotional depth and wisdom in those kind of people. Yeah, that, that word you use, wisdom creep, it makes a lot of sense because if you think about a professional boxer, which which I was, it's kind of different to a businessman that's made it and lives on 100 or 200 grand a month mm. and consistently can earn that. When you're a professional boxer, you're earning a lot of money if you're a world champion, but then it comes to an end. Yep. Now you retire, now you need 200 grand a month to live, let's say. Now you're not earning that 200 grand a month or 500 grand a month, whatever it is, mm. It yeah. catches up to you. Catches up to you quickly. So yeah, that, I mean, in sport, so a year or two after I retire, <laughs> I think, yeah, hang on a second, and and you you can't you can't make those millions back that you blow.
0: Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're still pretty young when you retire in sport, right? Yes. I mean, the kind of the kind of sport you were involved in. Exactly. I mean, it's not like you boxed till like forty. professions. No, it's a very short
1: career. So I was fortunately, I was 21, I was South African champion, 25 world champion. And then at 30, I'm, I retired, I made a comeback when I was 33, and I had two fights at Sun City. But basically, my last world title fight was 30, yeah. so it's, it's a short career. Mm. But then after that short career, you've got you to gotta think, what am I going to do with my money? And you've got to listen to people and take advice. And yes, we can all mess up with money.
2: True eh? <laughs> <Excuse laughs> story, because money is emotion.
1: Yeah and you need money on this planet you need True. to you need to be clever with your money so as i said fortunately i've got Charlene now that she <laughs> grounds you she grounds me and she's very clever and she she looks after my finances which is great
0: so i want to put you on the spot here let's assume and let's hope this never happens but let's assume everything goes away today you lose everything there's no money anymore what would you do to get it all back again
1: well i think boxing does help you from that point of view or be, being a sportsman because you do get knocked down. So I got knocked down in two world title fights, and I got up again, and I won those fights. Yeah, and they were overseas. So you know that that story get knocked down and get up again. That's that would be my answer. You gotta you gotta get up again. You you gotta start fresh. You know I'm a golfer and. I'm not a good golfer, but I'm like a 14, 15 handicap. And you have bad shots. We all have bad shots, very bad shots. And then you, you just feel so miserable and emotional. You, you think you're an idiot and you're so bad. But shake it off. Then you go to the next hole and you hit great shots. It's done. It's move on, you know. You mustn't look behind you in life. You've got to look forward all the time. You definitely can't look behind you. Yesterday's dead and gone like that song and tomorrow's out of sight. So just look forward. Be positive in life. We only got one life. We all going one day to see Jesus of course and uh, yeah so just enjoy life and make the most of it while you're breathing make the most of it.
2: So if you had to uh, take a youngster today let's say they weren't a boxer let's say they weren't a sportsman any youngster what is the number one piece of financial advice you'd give them?
1: Well besides financial I would say to them be disciplined dedicated well and there's financial as well yeah dedicated discipline and, and determined in life makes you financially strong. those 3d's are going on because my wall those 3d's yeah i've got them in my gym by the way uh, dedication discipline determination, and determination on a big post of mine at the gym because it really is is the words that i've i've lived by mm-hmm. you know m- my life and that it's not just sport it's fi- finances like we're mm-hmm. talking now for your podcast everything's about what you put into it to mm-hmm. get out of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you've got to think like to a, to four youngsters financially i would say like i said earlier on so you're 20 years old today, before you wipe the clip out your eyes, you're going to be 30, and you're going to be 40, and you're going to be 60 like me. What's going to happen then? So think in 10 years, 20 years time, where am I going to be? How much am I going to need to survive? So it's important to think about your financial status.
0: So Brian, you have touched on something earlier that I want to bring up again. You said that you immigrated twice, right? Yes. And now you're back in South Africa. So there's obviously something you love about South Africa. You mentioned the people as well. Yes. This is obviously a very difficult time in South Africa across the globe, but especially in South Africa because we've got additional things like load shedding and all that kind of stuff going for us, you know, and a lot of people are very miserable at the moment. What words do you have to inspire South Africans? Because obviously you are still here. You you must obviously still believe in the couple in the place.
1: Yeah, right? I love every, everything about South Africa except politicians. So <laughs> we amen. can all agree to the <laughs> Amen. And, and I, I think even politicians will agree that I like politics. <laughs> maybe the, Maybe this country would have a bit of money if we didn't have so many politicians. But um, now to answer your question, yeah, I've I've emigrated twice, and I try to make it in America, and I love America. It's my second home. Two of my children were born in San Diego. They got dual citizenship. But yeah, this country, the people are fantastic. You know, like we're sitting, you guys, are, I've never met you guys before and you guys are great. And the people are great. The country's great. Our weather's unbelievable. Mm. I mean, we, And I hate the cold. I don't like the cold, which I think 99% of people don't. You get the people that like cold, but I think most people like nice warm weather. We've got the weather. We've got the people. We've got. We really got a lot going for ourselves, you know. Where do where do where are we going to run to? You know, I love this country. I'm on super sport. I'm with Golden Gloves. I I do golf days. I guess big good golf days, and I've got good businesses going for me in South Africa. I don't want to go anywhere else. South Africa's home. So, what is the question for the youngsters? Uh, inspiring words. In, you can inspiring give words to youngsters. Well, make it happen in your own country. Don't just Give up everything and run to America or run to the UK. Try and make it happen in South Africa. There is opportunities in this country. There's plenty of opportunities. There's plenty of money. But you've got to go work for it. It's not going to fall out the sky. The hard work pays off, you know. If you work hard in South Africa, you can be very successful. There's a lot of money in South Africa. That's a good country. No,
0: that, that's true. You know, um, Justin and I have obviously traveled a lot. And uh, people have, have always told us the grass always looks greener on the other side. You don't really truly get it until you actually go there and you see for yourselves that, that oh, there's actually there's actually problems in that country as well. Yeah. You know, It's funny. Wherever we go and we, we've traveled a lot after like week two you start missing South Africa because like you said there's so many things that are just absolutely great in this place
1: yeah absolutely and if you're not if you're going to leave here and go to America and think that's that's a country of dreams it's not going to happen you got to have money to go there you've got to open your own business and you got to work hard Really? South hard. Africans do make it in other countries because we're hard workers yes mm-hmm. so let's make it in our own country you know I agree with you so we're very you. hard workers we've made we've, we're very successful all over the world South Africans are great
0: yeah, I mean, speaking about America, just to be a hairdresser, you need a license. In South Africa, you can still get away without that. So there's much less red tape. Like you said,
1: it's easier. Yeah, there, there, there's opportunities. I would say to the youngsters, try and make it work in South Africa first. If you want to emigrate, well, then emigrate. But um, we have a great country. We must make it work. We need to all put together. and. You know, it's teamwork, like I said earlier on, we all should be a team on this planet. We all should give each other wealth and knowledge, you know, and that's what it's all about. You guys are here today interviewing me about my boxing. That's giving you knowledge of my career, and I'm learning from you about uh, the financial side. So it's teamwork in life.
2: Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Today, of course, is a very special day uh, for you personally. By the time this podcast goes out, it's probably going to be missed by most people. But it's the anniversary of uh, you winning the world title. Incredibly special day for you. And of course, also your son's birthday.
1: Yeah, thank you, Justin. Um, it's 36 years today. It's Can incredible. you believe it? It's like a lifetime. Incredible. Uh, that that I, beat, I knocked out of Frida Lane, the Panamanian, in the 10th round at Sun City to win the world title for South Africa and for myself and my yeah. family. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a memorable day for me for sure. And uh, my, my youngest boy who lives in, in Texas from my second wife is 21 today. Wow. So, also, yeah, it's a, 27 is a big number. You asked me earlier if I like numbers. I like number five and I like number 13 the day that I beat Tony Lopez.
2: Well, I must tell you, I remember as a youngster watching you, uh, you've always been a great inspiration, uh, especially in my family. My dad was a boxer, also boxed for the defense force in his day for the Naval gym. Um, So you've been a big inspiration in our family and you you continue to be an inspiration. I don't think you know this for a lot of youngsters in the country. And I think the thing that should resonate for a lot of people is if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Yeah. If you Absolutely. put your mind to it, if you practice the three D's, and that is going yep. up on my wall by the <laughs> way. But I really hope it resonates with people because you are a true inspiration. Thank I love that you are so humble. I love the fact that you're a real human being and that you've got a real heart and you've got real soul. And I think at sixty years old, thank you so much. You've got a lot of life still 61. in you.
1: Well you I'll take sixty. <laughs> you you you
2: don't you don't look a day over forty, and I mean it Thank sincerely, you. I'm not just blowing smoke up. And
1: your my bag, dad so. was also a boxer, my mother was a pit bull
2: incredible i don't know if you got that (laughs) incredible incredible so you know i hope you continue to inspire south africans i hope you don't fade quietly into the background this country needs inspiration your voice is important now more than ever let's take this country forward let's be the change that we want
1: yeah thank you so much for those kind words thank you david it's great questions by the way guys congratulations back to you guys Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. It was great having you. Thanks Thanks. so much. Thanks. Fantastic questions, and I love the show. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Money Podcast. To get access to our future episodes, please subscribe to our podcast via your podcast app. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Global
1: Money Academy.